Hey, Moss, welcome to the podcast, mate. Hey, Jordan. Lovely to meet you. Finally. Hey, you too, man. I know it's uh, it's been a little while and we we're just talking off air a, a little bit there. You got a, to four different countries in, in the holiday break, which are four, four different countries in four weeks, which is hard enough to even get your tongue around, <laughs> let alone go and travel to do. So um, you look very refreshed, mate, and in cracking for a new year. 100% look, you know, um, fully refreshed, um, fully rested. Um, back into the A game, should I say, but the business continues, you know, while I was traveling, I was still hustling and haggling and, you know, still on the phone. So none of my clients really felt that I was traveling. <laughs> I told a few of my clients, Hey, I'm calling in from Dubai. And they're like, what, what time is it there? I was like, it's three o'clock in the morning, but that's okay. You can still talk. <laughs> that's awesome. Right? Clients always come yeah. first. Like, I see. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Cool, mate. Well, I guess um, on sort of that note and in the space that you're in and, and working with, with clients, I'm sure, you know, this is something that you've done yourself personally and talked to many people about, but if you had your own sort of personal philosophy on building out a, a property portfolio, what would it be? Hmm. Look, I mean, I am big on sustainable property portfolios. Um, I always say this to pretty much everyone that, you know, if a property portfolio is not sustainable, uh, you're only, you know, paper rich, not cash rich then you are definitely doing it, you know, all wrong. So, you know, you shouldn't be sacrificing your lifestyle while maintaining or building up a property portfolio. That's, you know, rule 101 when it comes to property portfolio building. Um, the other thing that I'm also big on as part of the property portfolio is that it needs to almost address the full life cycle of the property. You know, it can't just be, you know, residential. It can't just be buyer hold. It can't just be commercial. You know, you have to slowly and gradually, you know, improve or should I say increase your risk appetite um, and be in the space where you know you take away this gamble of the market and you know and start you know manufacturing your own, own equity um, the idea of you know mixing the yield growth and return um, I almost see it as a different recipe um, and you know there is one recipe that works for everyone and it's almost like um, um, I, I call this as a fingerprint for every client it's unique to yourself. It's unique to your circumstances. It cannot be replicated to someone else. And stealing it should definitely be a crime. So no one is allowed to steal your property portfolio. Uh, so, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's a given, you know, that's how I see about some of these things. Um, of course, I'm big on data. So I follow data quite um, evidently. I'm quite vocal about, you know, following data. Um, Evidence-based investing, um, I always say is the key to successful property investing. So, um, you see a lot of people talking about, you know, positive cash flow and, you know, you should go only for positive cash flow property. But, you know, my sort of thinking is that positive cash flow property or positive cash flow buying, of course, it's good, but it's not a strategy in itself. It, you know, it's, it's one of the tools that you can use to build up a strategy or expand your strategy or put your strategy on steroids. Um, but, you know, as far as the holistic portfolio goes, everything needs to be considered. Um, you know, it's not so much about just positive cash flow. It's also about manufacturing equity. It's also about, you know, how do you make sure that you go for hybrid models where you're mixing residential with commercial? So, um, yeah, I can talk hours and hours on this, but uh, when it comes to like, you know, top one liner, um, I would say sustainable property portfolios um, without sacrificing lifestyle. I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I love that. And it sounds like you put a lot of thought process and um, have seen that probably changed over time. And I mean, you know, is that something or, or what would you go back and, and tell yourself if you could uh, when you first started building out your portfolio? Yeah, look, um, I, always, I, I would say believe everyone, but trust yourself. 
uh, trusting yourself is a lot better than you know believing other people. Um, trust the data, trust evidence-based investing, of course. Uh, but you know, earlier in the process, um, what I was always sort of worried about was um, I used to like look. Everyone makes mistakes, yeah. So there is if there is one chance that you know if you want to go back um, and tell yourself. Um, I would say, you know, go into a property development space a lot faster, a lot quicker, um, uh, and get some education there. Uh, people have this st still sort of stereotype that you need a lot of cash to do property developments. You don't. You just need a good team and you, you just need good partners to be next to you. So, you know, one's strength is another's weakness, you know, it comes really, really true when it comes to property development space. So, you know, that is where you take the gamble out of the market completely and basically manufacture your own equity and, you know, put your, you know, property portfolio on steroids. So the less the people are, you know, holding themselves back, if people are holding themselves back, I would suggest them to, you know, go in there and test their, test the waters out as to what development is all about and how do you go in. Um, one thing that I would do definitely if I have to go back and start building my portfolio again is I would start, you know, doing developments a lot quicker, a lot faster. Uh, and I would put a lot more focus on, you know, properties with development potential rather than just, you know, normal buy and hold sort of strategies. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I think, you know, you've touched on that already in terms of having different tools in your, in your tool kit to go through. And, you know, it's not a lot of, it's not common, uh, especially in the sort of space that I've found that, you know, these sort of sit and hold investors go down that development route. So yeah, if you're well adverse and experienced, you know, I think it's a, you know, a, a good area to, delve into and it might be another way to as you say um steroid your, your property portfolio um in terms of your own sort of personal portfolio and i suppose you don't have to go into intricate too much details but was there a, a particular mistake mistake that you made along the way that you'd feel would be good to um rely on the others and help others avoid making that same mistake yeah yeah 100 look everyone makes mistakes yeah and i'm never shy about sharing my own sort of mistakes and helping people understand and realize, you know, that I'm standing here today because of my mistakes. It only makes you grow stronger and, you know, move faster. You know, that's how I look at mistakes. So uh, one of the earlier mistakes that I was doing, especially as part of my journey, was I was buying properties with single exit strategies. I'm, I'm big on exit strategies now. And when I say single exit strategies, you know, basically, you know, an exit strategy could very well be that you buy a property and you sell it. That's one exit strategy. Okay. Um, if you have multiple exit strategies for a particular property, that gives you a lot more control on how you build your portfolio, how you grow your portfolio, and, and holding your you know, properties while you know, you're riding out you know, various property cycles. So um, you know, that's, that's something that you know, I'm very mindful of when I'm dealing with my clients these days. I'm very mindful of even when I'm acquiring my properties for myself. You know, having various exit strategies, you know, just buy, hold, sell. You know, it should be buy, hold you know, subdivide, buy, hold, one into two, buy, hold, renovate, buy, hold, build a granny at the back, you know, buy, hold something, you know, there should be so many buy, hold, you know, just, you know, do a plan of subdivision and sell it. So there needs to be various exit strategies for you to consider for every property. And that gives you basically um, the leverage that you need on the property, you know, if the market goes south or, you know, macro environments does not let you make uh, go in the direction that you're choosing to do to go towards. You can add yield quickly, you know, to your portfolio. Change the configuration of the house. You know, convert a three bedroom, one bathroom to four bedroom, two bathroom. Boost up the boost up the rent, you know, and 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 hold the property if the interest rate starts rising, etc. So, yeah, that is something that you know I'm always very sort of conscious of now. Um, and yes, I, I 
truly admit that you know I've made those mistakes in the past where I would buy with the single you know exit strategy properties. Yeah, that that's a great one, and it's you know it's I, again when you think about that sort of typical buy and hold investor, it's it's you kind of like oh this is a great asset and I can hold on to this for the long term, but there are some other alternatives that you can go down as well, and I think um, it's so good that you've highlighted it, and I think you know it's potentially why you've sort of turned that passion for property into a bit of a career and it's something that i see happen quite a bit um you know in terms of the space that we're in and people who start to build out their portfolio and that the passion just doesn't stop at that one property i mean what what was it for you that sort of sparked that journey into creating a career from it and and helping others on the on their journey yeah look 100 yeah i'm an accountant and a data analyst by profession um, that's where my niche comes in place. You know, I've worked with some big multinationals in my, you know, prior life, but property was always, you know, something that I wanted to do and achieve. And, um, you know, um, I, as I got more and more deeper into the property, um, I looked for, you know, tired, lazy properties to see the best in them or, you know, try to do something with them. But, you know, it was just by surprise that, you know, I bought one of the properties that I didn't knew could be developed. And, you know, in one of the networking, you know, sessions or networking conversations, I met, uh, you know, my, my director, you know, Jonathan, uh, who is who's part of the company now, and we run the company together. And, and you know, we, we crossed paths and he said, hey, by the way, this property that you have is a, is a development property. He helped me do that development almost like nine years ago now. And, and that was the start of my journey. I was like, you know, great, let's do this. You know, this is great. You know, this is the path that I want to take. Um, so yeah, slowly and gradually, that's where, you know, I started moving towards and it just literally opened the doors for me. So, yeah. That's awesome, mate. And it's such a, it's a good, it's such a good journey to see people go through that transition and all the different avenues they go down and the success stories. I absolutely love hearing them. Um, but I guess to sort of wrap things off, I mean, there's a thousand and one of them out there, but if you had a, a favorite <laughs> property one liner, what would it be? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, I can think of a million, you're right. Um, but, you know, one thing um, that I've said this numerous number of times, and then, you know, I've posted it out there and people have talked about some of this as well. Uh, a single property liner is you can become knowledgeable from others' knowledge, uh, but you cannot become wise from others' wisdom. So, you know, it's, you know, you can't just absorb, you know, wisdom from other people. So you can learn as much as you want. Um, so understanding that the power of knowledge, understanding the difference of the knowledge, power and wisdom is quite the key. Um, you know, knowledge is just the potential or the application. Uh, uh, application of the knowledge is power, whereas, you know, when and where to apply that knowledge is basically wisdom. So, you know, you see people spending time on preparations and implementations without idealizing where they, do they want to be or where do they want to go. So, um, ultimately, it would never work, yeah, because if you're spending time on preparation and implementation, but you don't know where you're going, what's what's the way out for it? So it's it's quite a powerful sort of one-liner. I don't know where I heard. I can't claim responsibility of this as mine, uh, but it is a very powerful statement. I live and, you know, abide by it pretty much on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I love, absolutely love that. So that's a that's a cracker. It's kind of like you, you don't know what you don't know. Like you can, you can know as much as you, you can learn from other people. You can learn one exit strategy or two exit strategies, but it's not until you grasp everything that's out there and then see how it's actually been used in action and doing it yourself and have your feet in the trenches to gain that wisdom over decades. It doesn't just happen overnight. And then, then you understand how to uh, apply that wisdom over time as well. So I love it, mate. That's a cracking one. 
Well, um, 100%. thanks for your thanks for your time tonight. Thanks for coming on, Moss. Thank you very much, Jordan. It was lovely to chat to you. This was great. <laughs> no worries. I'll speak to you soon. Ciao.